Hey, I'm Brian Brister, a worship leader, certified health coach, and fashion photographer. Welcome to the Brian Brister Experience Podcast. I'll be sharing with you from a myriad of topics that I gather from suggestions I receive on my social media accounts or in conversation with friends. I'll also interview cool people doing cool things in the world, probably while drinking coffee, definitely while drinking water. Thanks for joining Good afternoon. Today we are talking to my friend, Ben Fresh. I am super excited just to share a bit more of his story and where he's been, what he's currently doing. I know that you guys are going to be inspired. We became friends on Facebook. Honestly, I don't even remember how long ago. We have several mutual friends. He lives in upstate New York in Buffalo, so about three hours from where I spent so many years in Syracuse. And so we have mutual friends there connected. And he reached out talking about my health journey and then sharing a bit of where he's been on his health journey. And after the conversation continued, I was like, hold on, we have to talk more about this. Invited him to be a part of the podcast. And so just super excited for that, Ben. I'm super excited you're here today, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Look forward to it. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So let's go ahead and start off with super basic. Just tell us who are you? What do you do? That type of deal. Sure. I'm from Buffalo, north of Buffalo. And Born and raised in Lockport, it's a little city north of there. My wife and I met when I was 12 years old, started dating when I turned 13 because that was the rule. So we've been together for a long time. And we met actually at the church that I serve at as an assistant pastor. I've been at this church for all my life. We met here, we got married here. But now my wife and I, we have two foster children and we're fostering a baby that we picked up from the hospital at one day old. And then 10 days later, his 15 month old sister came to live with us. And so we've got two under two with zero preparation. And it was just kind of chaos and crazy. That's my current story. But obviously I've I've come from just a journey over the past several years. COVID was in so many ways a curse to our world. Um, Mm -hmm. And while it was Still not a good thing for me. I do see that it was something that kicked me out of the comfort zone that I was living in. And I went through a journey of being told that I was going to die through my COVID journey, through getting it and being in the hospital. And it was from there that I said, I've got to to stop. I, I can't just keep living my life, doing what I want, when I want, eating what I want, and literally just in the lull of comfort and desire and indulgence, just killing myself. And so I decided after that, I've got, I've got to buckle down. I got to do what I need to do in order to get healthy. So that if an invader like this comes in again, (laughs) if, (laughs) if something that I can't even see can put me out, if something like that happens again, I'm going to be strong enough to fight. And, you know, from there, the journey has begun. And I say it's begun because it's not over. Right. It's been a fun journey. It's been a hard journey, but there's been a lot, a lot along the way. Yeah, for sure. So tell me, where were you before COVID? What did life look like? Where were you in your health? Give me a rundown of what that was. Yeah. So my wife and I, we, it was just two of us and we had all the free time in the world. We worked Monday through Friday, nine to five. And then every evening and every weekend, it was just us. It's all That's all it was. And we loved restaurants. We would eat out six, seven days a week. 
mostly what we would do is order from a pizza shop and have it delivered because we actually hated going out because couldn't fit in booths. I was embarrassed and there's food shame that I would feel and, and things like that. And so we just kind of overindulged in every way, watching TV and eating. So I would on a nightly basis almost, and I'm not proud of this, but it's just a reality to paint a picture. I would get a chicken finger sub and I'll be loaded down with blue cheese. And then I'd get a bag of chips from Dollar General because it was right down in the same plaza as the place I'd get my chicken finger sub. I'd get a two liter of pop or a couple bottles of pop if I want to try a couple different flavors and a bag of candy. That would usually be my nightly routine. And then I'd go home and there'd be all the different shows that that you'd watch. This is us, Survivor. Every night, there was another show just to, to yeah. kind of waste time with. And so we would do that and we would just sit home and, and eat what we wanted and do nothing else. And I was at my heaviest, I was at 430 pounds. Uh, I knew that I needed to get to a doctor just for normal health checkup. I wasn't really concerned about anything, but I wanted to see kind of where I was at, have blood work done. And that was in September of 2020 that I went to the doctor and weighed 430 pounds. And after that, I was afraid to ever step on the scale again. And so in December of 2020, I ended up getting COVID. And when I woke up, it was December 6th, it was a Saturday morning. I woke up and I, I just knew my body was shutting down as I was trying to wake up and I could barely get myself out of bed. And I, I got into the bathroom and I looked in the mirror and my face was blue. And I was just like, I, I looked at my wife and I said, Meg, my heart is just beating out of my chest. And I, I just feel all this pressure. And I just started breaking down crying because I knew it was COVID at that point, but I didn't, I'd never experienced anything like that before. And so she took me right to the hospital. They got me in and my resting heart rate arriving at the hospital was around 250 beats per minute. Oh my gosh. And so that that's actually where I started burning calories. That's a joke. Uh, <laughs> but so that workout range is, is somewhere that I get to now. But 250 beats per minute was resting. And there were times in the hospital, if I moved on the bed, it would shoot over 300 beats per minute. And they did all the testing and they came back and they said my heart was in heart failure. I had COVID pneumonia in both lungs and my body was essentially shutting down. And they said, at this point, we expect your heart to stop and it will stop tonight. And, and the way that they said it was so definite. They had no doubt that my heart was going to stop at the rate that it was going. And they actually had me strapped into the bed to try to keep me from moving. So they said, that's really the only thing that they could figure out to do for me. And so... The nurse came in and she said, how many times do you want us to bring you back after your heart stops? She kind of explained that after one time, I could have damage done. After two times, it could be irreversible damage. And after three times, I could be somewhat in an incapacitated state, and just incoherent completely. And I was just like, I guess three times. And I just remember, like, she left the room and I laid in that bed and I, I looked up at the ceiling and I just cried out to God and I said, God, how could this be happening to me right now? I'm 27 years old. I, I haven't lived a bad life. 
I, I'm good to people and I love people and I love God. And why is this happening to me? And I was just waiting for the shoe to drop. I was waiting for someone, one of the nurses to tell me, well, you know, you are 430 pounds and just kind of go over all of the different health issues that I had at that point. But no one had to. I knew. Yeah, I knew. And so I promised at that point, I said, God, if I get out of this, I will do what I have to do. And I will not look back. I don't want to live this life again. I don't want to be in this place again. And I stayed true to my word. It was December 23rd that I got out of quarantine after all of that. So I was in the hospital for, I think, a total of 15 days, got home and did Christmas. And right after Christmas, when the new year started, I started immediately cut out sugar. And boy, oh boy, let me tell you, that was, <laughs> sugar is a drug. Yeah, I bro. Mean, it is a drug. And I went through withdrawal symptoms that I never anticipated would actually be possible, where I would wake up in cold sweats, I would shake, I had headaches, I was extremely irritable. You can ask my wife about that, but <laughs> I, I just went through it for three weeks and I held steady. And even like that, going through the withdrawal of sugar was not as bad as feeling death at my doorstep. Mm. So that was always the feeling that I would just keep going back to. It's like, I remember feeling totally helpless, powerless, and about to die. I never want to experience that again. These, these shivers, these headaches, this fatigue. That is nothing compared to going back to that. And so that helped me stick it out. And after I got the sugar cut out, everything else got a little bit easier. Just the taste for those things started to disappear. And the weight started just dropping off. And I quickly was like, okay, I'm losing weight fast. I'm actually being successful for the first time in my life. I tried every pill that was on the market. I tried this shot for diabetic patients that they said would help people lose weight and curb appetites. I tried Ally over the counter. I just didn't have, I didn't have that moment. I didn't have a strong enough why to keep moving forward. And so in April, I ended up getting a personal trainer, hired him, and I said, hey, I want to lean my body out as I lose weight so that way I don't have sagging skin. And I said, if you make me run, though, I'm dropping it. I will not run. <laughs> I, I hate the idea of running. I remember gym class. They tried to make us run the mile in gym class in high school. And that was some of the most humiliating days of my life. And I just never wanted to do that. And so we worked out and he was great because he, he wasn't just like, feel the pain, get it done, do what you have to do, work through it. He really helped me learn how to move my body because mm. as I'm losing over 100 pounds, my body is completely different. Yeah. My sense of balance is different. Actually, I still really don't have very good balance. I'm still working <laughs> on that. But he he helped me learn how to move and started to increase the weight and building muscle. And now I've done over a 400-pound deadlift. I squat over 350 pounds. And Bro. It, it's just been a, it's been such a fun journey for someone who was so intimidated. I was afraid of gyms because I didn't want the judgment. I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't think I could do it, but he helped me and he's still helping me. Now he's one of my best friends or he's like my best friend. We just, we do life together and super appreciate him in my life. But, you know, as I started to lose weight and as I started to get healthy, I'm like, dang, this walking thing is 
feeling pretty slow now. I'm like, I want to <laughs> run. And oh. I all of a sudden got this idea where I wanted to run a 5K. And so I started training last June. And I just ran like a mile a couple mornings. And then my trainer and I, we ended up linking up to to run as well. And we ended up running a half marathon in October. Um, yeah. So, oh, so we, we trained every morning from June all the way up to October. And we just got to the point of being able to run 13.1 miles. We, we did through the hills of the Southern tier in New York. I, I don't know if you're familiar with Ellicottville, but it's a beautiful little town in the Southern tier and probably not the best choice for my first half marathon because of the hills, <laughs> but, but I did it. And my goal was to not stop. And I didn't, I didn't walk it. I ran the entire thing. And even that in itself is, is just a journey prior to that. As I started to lose weight, this mass actually revealed itself on my lower abdomen. And by the time I went to the doctor to have it checked out, it was about the size of a softball. And he did an ultrasound in the office, had me go for an MRI. I went for another MRI and all these different tests and all the blood tests. They really thought it was, they thought it was a ball of cancer. Um, and so I was freaking out come on, I'm trying to get healthy, you know, just go through all the different emotions of like, I'm doing all this stuff. And now this, but also thank God, because if I hadn't noticed it, if I stayed as big as I was, it would have had to get that much larger for me to notice it. I only noticed it because I was losing the weight. And so I had that removed in September, right in the middle of our half marathon training. And it was um, Saturday morning in mid-September that we went out to run 10 miles. It was part of our training program. And as I'm running, I just got super weak. I'm like, oh my gosh, what is happening to me? I'm just like kind of seeing double, getting dizzy. And I, you know, I'm running and I'm pumping my arms. And as I'm pumping my arms and I'm feeling the area where the wound was from, from the surgery, uh, which ended up being about an eight inch incision. So it's a very large wow. Um, That had actually ruptured and broke open during Bro. the run. Oh my gosh. And so we were on like mile six of this run and I'm literally bleeding out my side. And this, this wound is now just like, it's everywhere. I mean, my shorts by the end were covered, but I, we were on a trail that had no outlet. We had to finish. And so I had to break through and finish. And I said, if I can run 10 miles and my side is doing that, I'll be able to do a half marathon. And so that's what I did. My gosh. And uh, my wife didn't love it. She was <laughs> like, I can't believe, I can't believe you are still running. I can't believe you're still going out and doing this, even though you just had that happen. And I said, yeah, so many things have held me back my entire life. And I, I refuse to let anything stop me now. And that's just been my mentality. And so when winter came, I started training jujitsu, Brazilian jujitsu, and did my first tournament in July. That was a whole other adventure because to me, 215 was my weight class. That to me was small, being 430. But 215 in the athletic world, is like six foot tall ripped guys <laughs> of which i'm not i'm five eight and i 
yeah, I've got some muscle, but nothing like what the other 215 is. Yeah. And so I only won one of the rounds that I went in, and I was just, like, being suffocated and smothered the entire time because I was, the, I was for the first time in my life, the small guy. But that was cool. It was, it was kind of cool to experience that and just get out there. And, again, just to be able to move and, and do all that different stuff has been amazing. Since I've lost weight, I haven't had any asthma complications. I don't take any medications at all. I don't use a CPAP machine. It's just all gone. I just, I live what I believe to be the way that God intended for me to live. Wow. And it's been, it's been such an incredible journey. And so even seeing your journey, when you got connected, I almost jumped on board with what you were doing before COVID hit and everything, because I saw your journey and there was another representative that actually sent it to me. It was like, look at this guy. He did it. You can do it. And it's just great. It, it's a great message to get out because I think there's a lot of people that were probably like us that said, I've tried it all. I can't do it. I'm afraid to do it. I'm afraid to take the jump. I, I don't know what I was at 48, 30 pants. So it's like 16 sizes smaller, which is absolutely insane. So I, I've saved one pair of jeans and one shirt um, that were my biggest. And every once in a while, I just throw it on for, for kicks because it's like, man. And I remember I, I remember moving into the 5X and being like, I just want a little more room. I just want to be a little more cozy and kind of justify. And it's that slow fade into that next size. Mm -hmm. But now I celebrate changing sizes because I've been going down. Uh, and so I'm still in a journey of losing. My original goal in my journey was 220. So I've, I've passed that. Yeah. When I hit that goal, I went skydiving. Bro, because come I, on. I said, you know, I'm not going to lose all this weight and celebrate by eating cake. Yeah. So exactly. what other celebration can even come close to kind of the monumental feat of losing that much weight? Jump out of a plane. Um, <laughs> that I did at the beginning of June. And that was, I jumped out over Niagara Falls, actually. Oh, um, my so gosh. I'm, as I'm skydiving and free falling, I'm looking at Niagara Falls and Toronto, and it was just absolutely beautiful. And it's like this is, yeah, this is the this is the way to celebrate. But now I'm hoping to get under 200. 185 is my goal, but as I increase the weights in the gym, I think that the muscle won't allow me to do that. But we'll see how close I can get. I've I've kind of kickstarted the weight loss again this month, just really by cutting calories and increasing protein. So. We'll see. We'll see where I get to. But that uh, the journey oh, is not here. Not at all, bro. You are wow. You are so inspiring to me. And you you spoke about something that has been a really big deal for me. I have always desired to be a runner, but running hurts and yeah. running is not enjoyable. But it's still that idea of like I'm just still not there. And I started doing the couch to five K thing, and then I stopped. And so it's like whatever. That's a deal. But also, like, I had so much anxiety about the gym. I've talked yeah. to a number of trainers, a number of my friends who work out all the time, and it is such a big deal for me. I would buy gym memberships and never go, or I would go and then, like, change clothes in the locker room and never actually be able to walk out into the gym. I was just, like, so much anxiety. I remember one day in L.A., I went and I, like, changed in the locker room, was getting ready to go out there and, like, couldn't walk. And I ended up just like sitting down on the bench mm. and I sat there for almost two hours trying to convince myself to walk out the door and do something. And I just couldn't do it. And by yeah. that point, I just changed my clothes and left again. I'm always 
so concerned about one, looking like I don't know what I'm doing because I don't, but also recognizing that I don't look like all those other people who are working out. My body doesn't look like that. And just so much anxiety. And I have a gym here in my apartment building and I could literally go down there when no one else was there. And I have. And walking into the door, my chest gets tight and it's hard to breathe and all of this kind of stuff. But I have a couple friends that I am talking through this with and coming up with things. And I've gone a couple of times, very spaced out, not back to back. And one time I literally just went and just sat there, just like in the room, talking myself through it, breathing. I like teared up like three times. I don't know why there's so much anxiety, but I also know that it's something that I want to continue to work through. So hearing your story and knowing what you've been capable of doing lets me know that I can do it if I don't give up. And so I really, really appreciate you for sharing that. Yeah, man. So question for you, now that you've lost over half of your body weight, have you noticed that people look at you differently or respond to you differently? Or do they say things to you about where you are now or anything like that? Let's kind of talk through that. Yeah, it's funny. You know, I remember growing up and I would get picked on in elementary school, middle school and high school. And people would laugh at me and do different things like that. And I'd always joke around and say, well, I'm going to be your boss one day. I'm going to, you'll be the fat one. I'll be a skinny one. And I'll, I'll be owning something that you, you, you don't have. And <laughs> that was always just a defense mechanism to getting picked on. But now it, it's very interesting because some of those people who would pick on me, now they want to be friends with me. They have wanted to talk to me and there's a new respect that they have for me. Honestly, I don't personally buy into that all the time because I'm still, I'm still me. I just look totally different and I might be a little bit more confident now, but it's still the same person that you totally wrote off years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so that, that's been interesting, but then there's the people that are close to me that never once, they wouldn't bat an eye if I was eating a chicken finger sub followed by pop and candy and all that stuff they they wouldn't say a thing about it they'd join in now mm-hmm. if i'm at a party and and there's chicken wings and pizza and i decide to eat celery and carrots and bring even my own thing because i've done that before because yeah, i'm not going to make a big scene you know i'm not going to say oh i can't eat that oh what'd you get for me i'm going to come prepared because Thanks. that's how i ensure my own success i yep. can't rely on other people for my success and i can't make other people make me just feel comfortable. I, I get it. People party, people have their different things. But now they're like, you're doing too much. You're, you're too restrictive. You're not having fun. You're not, you've you got to loosen up. Just, just one time won't hurt you. And you know, all this different stuff. And it's like, if, if you talk to any drug addict, you're going to tell them to stay away from that drug. And mm-hmm. that's, that's how food is for me. I've gotten a lot better with it. But it's just funny that people now, they don't have a problem telling me about what I'm eating and what I'm doing, whereas before, they never did. I I didn't hear anything. And it's like, please, for the love of of the fat me that I was, (laughs) don't complain that I've actually gotten healthy now. I I mean, Mm. people tell me that I'm too skinny and I'm going too far. And are you sure you're okay? And it's like... I'm better than ever. I'm literally living the best version of myself that I've ever lived. And I'm eating the food that God's given us. I mean, 
I'm eating meat, veggies, and fruit. Literally, you can go on a farm, and that's where I do my shopping. I don't need stuff in a box. I don't need other people to make it for me. Like, I just eat real food. And that is like, it's like there's something about it that's threatening to people where mm-hmm. if they're eating something bad, they, they want to be justified in eating bad. So gosh, you joining gosh. in with them, that that's fine. They won't say anything. But now when you choose to eat good, that that convicts something in them and they just want to attack that or or make themselves feel better by, you know, what what are you doing? Why are you doing that? And yep. so that's been that's been a challenge. My gosh. Yeah, man. I I totally relate to that so much. I had so many people on my weight loss journey being like, are you done yet? Or like, are you okay? And I remember, and I mean, my sister, she loves me to death. She meant no harm by this, but I remember the day that I messaged them and I said, oh my gosh, today I weigh what I weighed when I graduated high school, which I was overweight when I graduated high school. But I was like, today I weigh what I weighed when I graduated high school. She said, oh, that's so amazing. I'm so happy for you. Now just make really good choices and stay there. And I was like, stay Girl, I'm still 65 pounds overweight. What are you talking about? Yeah. I'm not done. Right. Um, she was like, oh, okay. Like, you know, whatever. And then as I continue to get lower, and when I dropped below 200, that's when a lot of people started talking. And we're like, oh my gosh, you've lost so much weight. You're so skinny. Are you sure you're okay? All this kind of stuff. And I was like, guys, I'm technically still a couple of pounds over a healthy BMI. I'm good. Yeah. And they would just keep saying so much to me about it. And one night I was hanging out with a group of friends back home in Mississippi. And it was just multiple people had said stuff to me and like, eat this cake and do this and you're good and quit pushing and all this kind of stuff. And I finally stopped and I was like, look, I love you guys so much. And I'm so thankful that you're in my life. But you never once had a conversation with me when I was 330 pounds and on six medications a day and killing myself. You never once had a conversation with me about going too far and doing too much and am I okay? So as much as I love you, you don't get to talk about it now because I have a coach and I have a doctor and I'm doing the things that I need to do. So I love you, but please stop. Like, I'm not going to go too far. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. I just think, you know, the vision that other people have for your life can't supersede the vision that you have for your life or Mm. the vision that God's giving you for your life. Because I believe that if we're all made in the image of God, God wants us to take care of the body that he's given us. We're stewards of it. And there's scripture that says that we make our bodies our slaves. Like we tell, we tell our bodies what to do. We don't, we're not ruled by that. And a part of that is discipline. A part of that is doing the hard things and being able to. Yeah. That's the best thing now in my life is that I'm able, I'm not afraid of, going to a restaurant i'm not afraid of going to a sports arena because i can fit in the chairs again i'm not afraid of doing something in the middle of the summer because i'm not going to be a a sweat pile that can't move in the heat (laughs) you know like that's how you i used to feel like a blob in the middle of the summer that just couldn't move because any inch i'd start sweating like crazy and it'd be totally embarrassing but the vision that I have for my life and the one that God has for my life is a vision of abundant life. And I think I'm finally starting to get a taste of what abundance looks like as I've given my life to be healthy and and to honor God with that. 
Gosh, I love that so much, man. That is, that's it. That's it. We, we are the ones in control of the body that God has given us. We are the stewards of that. And there is so much more that we can do for the kingdom Mm -hmm. if we also take care of our body. Not that we can't do things for the kingdom unhealthy, because clearly you and I were both serving. You're a pastor. I'm a worship leader. We were both doing things for the kingdom, but how much more we're now able to step into those things and how much easier the things that we do are now because of that. Right. Yeah. Right. And there's no way I could take care of these children, these two babies. Right. um, On top of everything else, if I wasn't healthy and I, I know that God was preparing that. And so while COVID was terrible, I do see how God used it to bring about the change that I needed to have in my life. And Mm -hmm. My whole goal now in life is is to help people realize they don't need to get there before they make a change. I love that, man. Thank you so much for sharing all that you did. Thank you so much for having this conversation. I am so inspired and so encouraged, and I know that so many other people are as well. So thank you again. I hope you have a great day, man. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Whether this was your first time listening or you've been around for a while, I'd love it if you would share this episode with at least one person you think may enjoy it. Feel free to follow me on Instagram at Brian Brister for a more behind the scenes look at my life. You can also send me a DM or comment on my most recent Instagram post, whatever it is, if there's a specific topic you'd like to hear me speak on, or if you have questions about something I said today. That's all for me. I'll be back next week. Until then, do good, be well. Oh, and drink some water.